Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now. So let us tell you something you do want to hear. No one is funnier than you. People laugh just thinking about the things you've said. I'm laughing at one of them right now. Coworkers repeat your jokes at the office, but they're never as good as when you tell them and shame on them for trying. There. Don't you feel better? You'll also feel better knowing you could save when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Although I'm sure you'd have a funnier way to say that. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, North Swim. Good already this. You guys on tech. I am Eagle Falcon. CES is done and over with. There is still a couple things leaking out of there. We've got security breaches back once again. The death of Windows 7. Future flagship phone rumors and some very odd news. But first, before we get into any of that, I want to start off the podcast by wishing Dutch streamer Seven Sins a congratulations for becoming a father. Seven, in particular, is a streamer that he's one of the few that he's one of like the one or two streamers that I first started watching on Twitch and actually got me into doing streaming in general. And he is now a father. <laughs> Congratulations to Seven Sins, his girlfriend, and to their lovely, wonderful baby girl, Zelda. Congratulations, Seven. So, with the non-tech congratulations out of the way, not really out of the way, but checked off the list is a better way to say it let's move into what is quite possibly one of the most terrible headlines i have read not terrible because because of the end results of it but just terrible because of what it insinuates Microsoft says it will now review Skype audio in secure facilities. Let that headline sink in. Because it implies so much wrong with what's going on in the Skype department of Microsoft. First off, now it's reviewing Skype audio in secure facilities, implying that it was reviewing reviewing Skype audio in non-secure facilities. Also, reviewing Skype audio? What, like internal testing? No, it turns out that Skype audio from actual user calls were being monitored for dictation purposes. And this was being done by engineering firms in China. And they had no, none, zero security measures in place. 
just subcontracted out to China to some random engineering firm out there. <laughs> oh, God. What are you doing? Like in the consumer space, Skype is not used as much. But in the business space, Skype is loved. Why? I don't know. It baffles me that Skype is used in the professional environment, but not in the consumer environment. Because Skype originally started off as a consumer product. And now it's one that's used almost exclusively in the professional environment. But it turns out that, hey, your your audio is being skimmed and reviewed by some randos out in China. So any sort of security is made moot. Imagine if I, let, let's, let, like, actually, I don't even think I actually announced this on, uh, on Eagle Eyes on Tech now that I think about it. For those who don't know, I now own a business. I own a commercial laundromat. We do a lot of work for hospitals and clinics and very very secure locations. Okay, I worked there for years and now I own it. Uh, Now I own it. So, I mean... Let's pretend for a second that I was in a call with Hospital Inc. That's not a real thing, by the way, but let's pretend it is. Let's pretend I'm talking with them about how we do, about our process of how we do things and whatnot. That information is then skimmed by Skype and used for their dictation project. And that, say, the engineer in China wants to make a quick buck and then sells the audio clip of, clip of me describing how we do work in our plant to, say, my, my competitor, which our competitor would be, like, a, a big facility, would be, would be a much bigger facility. I'm not going to name one in particular. That's a huge problem. And now all of a sudden, any sort of benefit I might have thought there would have been by using Skype instead of, say, my cell phone is completely gone. Well, Microsoft has, in fact, come out and said, don't worry, that's no longer a thing. We are now spying on you in our own secure facilities. Wait, what? My friends, just don't use Skype. Like, just this headline alone, I had no, like, as a business owner myself, I had no intention of using Skype at all. Now I have negative incentive to use Skype. Like, currently, I just use my cell phone, because why wouldn't I? And any, like, right now, 
Anything that actually requires secrecy, I meet in person. Like, that might as well just be, like, the only standard. <sighs> Good job. Good job. In other terrifying news, um, there is a huge Microsoft software flaw that is so dangerous that the NSA, who normally collects security flaws and uses it for themselves to to gather information about other countries and also things that the NSA deems as national security threats, which could be anything. But I digress. Instead of using this vulnerability themselves, they went public with it. The NSA straight up told Microsoft, and then when Microsoft patched it, which is in the most recent Microsoft update, they put out to the nation and said, you need to update Windows because this is that bad. How bad could it be? Let me tell you. There is a vulnerability that allows an authentication a secure authentication to basically be spoofed and allow man-in-the-middle attacks to happen just like that. I don't have the exact details in front of me. I actually went into the details way more than I normally do on the early bird briefing, which, by the way, you can check out wherever you found this podcast daily. Quick three minutes, one story. Highly recommend if you enjoy this podcast. But back to this. The security vulnerability is bad enough that it could be administered in a payload without the user even knowing. And normally I'm one to say, don't update until you know it's safe. In this case, update. Like, I've already updated all my production systems. Both my... I've updated my gaming server. I've updated my streaming system. I've updated the laptop I use for work. Which, oddly enough, used to be my streaming PC. By the way, that is still weird. That the the very same laptop I use to produce both this podcast... And do the stream is now my, my like is like the heart now of the business. But anyway, that's just me going into anyway. I actually found out this morning that my gaming PC has not been updated. I'm going to be taking care of that after I'm done with it today. But that's how big this is. Update your windows. And unfortunately, if you're still running Windows 7, um, uh, yeah. Uh, Windows 7, unfortunately, support ended just a couple days before this patch was administered. Tragically, there are going to be no more Windows 7 updates 
it is officially dead. You can, however, if you are a crazy person, pay, I believe it's like $200 a year for extended support. But let's be honest, the only reason you're going to do that is if your Windows 7 system is incapable of upgrading to Windows 10. And you absolutely need this machine for some kind of production. But I mean, at the same time, if I can get a Z800, a system that is 11 years old to run Windows 10, whatever high-end production system that you're debating on shelling out $200 a month for just to get further updates, trust me, you might be able to pull it off. you might be able to figure out a way to make this happen. Although someone in the chat is saying that that, in, that they have a computer that would actually be killed if in, if Windows 10 was installed. I actually would be curious what the situation... Well, no, I take that back. Not enough RAM in the system. It physically cannot be upgraded to have the RAM to support Windows 10. Because, like, Windows 10 isn't as GPU-intensive as Windows 7. Yeah, like, RAM usage is, like, the big bottleneck right now, going from Windows 7 to Windows 10. Or hard drive space. Hard drive space would be another one. Because Windows 7's, like, 20 gigs. Windows 7's, like... Eight or something like that. Now, that being said, believe it or not, you can still get Windows 7 to upgrade to Windows 10 for free. According to CNET and also from Linus Tech Tips as well, there are ways to get the Windows 10 upgrade for free and straight from Linus Tech Tips. And I'm going to quote him, so don't come to me and accuse me of promoting piracy or anything. It's all him. Give him the flack. I'm just telling you what he said. You can actually put in a Windows 7 license key into Windows 10 and it will activate. That being said, I want to give this a try. When I actually got like a spare 50 bucks laying around, I want to actually go go over to my buds that do awfully systems, grab something with a Windows 7 license and actually try to install Windows 10 and upgrade with the COA. I want to actually try that. I'm curious if that'll work. Now, speaking of enterprise-level stuff, Samsung has launched new cell phones. And these are cell phones that you probably aren't going to use. But they but they do fall into a strange category. The enterprise cell phones. The Galaxy X Cover Pro 
is a rugged phone, but nowhere near as rugged as, say, the cat phone. Like, I kid you not, if you are one of those that's paranoid about dropping your phone or breaking your phone or anything, I actually do recommend looking up the cat phone. It is hilarious. And you might actually be one to get it. I guarantee you, you will never get a case for it. The X-Cover Pro, though, is not as rubber and blocky as the cat phone, but it gets pretty close. You're talking about a 4,000 milliamp battery in there. And it is a, at least from what I can understand, a replaceable battery. 4 gigs of RAM, 64 gigs of internal storage, and a built-in micro SD slot. A 6.3-inch screen. However, no word on what the screen is made out of. There is a hole-punch display in the front. Some decent cameras on the back. A 2 gigahertz 8-core processor. Which, because it's an ARM processor, doesn't mean squat. And it's running Windows 10. And this phone is going to be starting at... $500. I'm not going to lie. That is not bad. For like an actual, for like an actual work phone. It ain't bad. Now I wouldn't say it would be suitable for like a construction site like the cat phone, but it's a decent alternative. You're definitely going to make sure that it's going to last for a while. That's for sure. Speaking of new phones, the next generation Samsung Galaxy phone has had a picture taken of it. And there is strong evidence now that it's going to be called the Galaxy S20. Yes, we're going to skip 10 numbers. Why? I don't know. I don't think we're ever going to know. But for whatever reason, Samsung thinks it's worthy of being called the S20. What is it going to feature? Nothing. Really, it's going to feature a smaller hole punch in the display, which, thanks, I hate it. Like, I'm, I'm not kidding. I have an S10. I thought I could handle the hole punch. I am hating the hole punch in my screen. It's actually now starting to drive me insane, and I kind of do wish there was instead... Uh, a top bezel for it. And I was one of the ones that kind of made fun of Google for going back to it. I was wrong. I was wrong. Uh, but no, new features include a 120 hertz screen. Okay, that's nice. 12 gigabytes of RAM. Okay. Oh, and no headphone jack. Ah. <sighs> 
No headphone jack. So all we get is a better screen. That's it. None. Zip. Zero. Heck, you want to get right down to it. This is a downgrade. The RAM is meaningless. The moment you are at six gigs of RAM and higher, there is no feasible way in the near future that Android is going to utilize that. The 12 gigabytes of RAM, meaningless. The 120 hertz screen, yeah, okay, that's nice. That's neato. But you get rid of the headphone jack. I've actually found value in my headphone jack. And of course, there's only one reason to get rid of it. It's because you want to sell more of your wireless earbuds. Like, this is actually starting to annoy me way more than it should. Because at this point, they expect us to just be like, oh, okay, I guess this is a reality now. No more headphone jacks. Just use wireless earphones. Enjoy the fact that your audio will forever be desynced with the video you're watching because you're using wireless earphones. That's just a fact of life now. <sighs> I, I just... I can't stress how much this is just bothering me. Because it's a problem that they created. And they're willing to sell you the solution and the price for these things is stupid. We're going to take a quick break here when we come back. The truth as to why the new Xbox is shaped the way it is. Modern leaders. It's not just their ability to reason that we value or their eloquence. It's more than their intelligence that we admire. What truly matters is their humanity. Just like modern leaders, the LS is human at heart. Every aspect of the Lexus LS is crafted around you, engineered to a higher standard, the human standard. The new 2021 Lexus LS. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so Microsoft has given us quite the claim. Microsoft wishes to be carbon negative by 2033, even for their supply chain. Carbon negative meaning that their entire operation not only does not have a carbon footprint for the environment, but reduces carbon as a whole in general. Now, 
How? How even? Like, okay, I, I know how you're going to do it in the case of your data centers. Go solar, go wind. I wish you all the luck in the world because solar and wind are heavily unclean power. And that is a lot of cleaning up that power through power conditioners, UPSs, and whatnot to keep those data centers afloat. But you also now make computers. Microsoft, I don't know how you're going to do it, but uh, good luck. That's all I can say. I, for one, do not believe that you need to go carbon negative, but reducing is going to help a lot. The environment itself does have ways of cleaning up. That doesn't mean, though, that we should just make data centers just spew black smoke, obviously. Carbon negative, though. Well, we'll we'll, we'll see. We'll see how you pull it off, Microsoft. The Xbox will have its console streaming service go into preview. Oh, wait, now. I said that sentence wrong. <laughs> the Xbox console streaming system is live now if you're an Xbox insider. Basically, the streaming service is now in beta. A thing that Google probably should have tried before putting Stadia live. And so far, the word seems to be, it's okay. Which puts it huge leaps and bounds above, say, oh, I don't know, Stadia. Now, as I implied, this is heavily closed. This is definitely a closed beta, not an open one. So very few people are going to be able to try it. Needless to say, the word so far, pretty good. And might be the only thing that Xbox has that would compel anyone to get use an Xbox instead of a PC unless you were on a super tight budget. Speaking of the Xbox, we get a look at the actual system on a chip that the Xbox uses. Now, the Xbox and the PlayStation both use what is referred to as an APU. Which is basically just a CPU and a GPU combined into one chip, and if it's made by AMD. The thing to note here is that the die for the chip is massive. The actual die is enormous. It is easily one of the bigger dies I have seen in a long, long time. You compare it to the previous generation APUs, and, well, it is clear this thing is going to vomit heat. This is the reason... This chip is the sole reason the Xbox Series X is the shape that it is. 
It's not be, it's not to be any sort of striking look. It's not to be inconvenient. It's not to just be the new hotness. It is because it actually is hot. The blasted thing needs to pull in air from the bottom and expel it through the top. And it actually does make me wonder... Will there actually be a performance hit if you have this thing laying sideways? There's something to actually think about. The having it stand upright like that, you do get the natural natural convection helping the fan. So if it's sideways and it's only the fan cooling it, will it run hotter? Will it be louder? Hmm. That also being said, the chip then for the PS5 is also going to be equally as massive. Now, if you recall, the dev kits that are out use a very awkwardly shaped box to cool the PlayStation 5. And one of the speculations that we had here, both me and the chat, was that the additional ventilation that it was built on was required to cool the chip. That might actually be true. The awkward V cutout to make more vents that actually might be mandatory. I mean, a PC normally gets away with this because it has the CPU and the GPU separate from each other. That and if you're going way overkill, you also liquid cool it and use a bigger radiator. But I digress. I would not be surprised now if the PS5 actually is going to launch the way the dev kits appear to be. We'll see. We'll see. In other Xbox news, though, Microsoft wants to give you even less reason to actually have an Xbox. And also, get rid of that voice saying, exclusive, exclusive. The next generation Xbox will not have any console exclusive titles. Okay. Well done. I will applaud that. I personally still am not going to get an Xbox. I am still going to be a guy who gets who upgrades a PC. Probably will be doing so in a couple of years. But hey, props to you, Xbox. Props to you. Maybe I'll actually show support and actually get... No, I won't. That being said, though, on the other side of the coin... The PlayStation 5 will have exclusive games at launch. A 
kind of a bummer, but I mean, uh, are you really surprised? Are you? I'm not. Now, keep in mind, the no... The, the no exclusives is at launch. And re- and realistically, even now, the Xbox has no exclusives. Anything that's available on the Xbox, you can get for the PC. So that might be how they do it. There might be games that are only for the Xbox, but you can still get them on the PC. That might be how they do it. So we'll see. Asus has found a new thing to slap on a mouse. On the side of the mouse, they have put a thumbstick. And a lot like me, you're laughing at this. A mouse with a thumbstick. That sounds stupid. How are you ever going to? And then you started thinking about it. And then your gears started turning. And then you started going, hold on here. And then you started just stroking your chin going, actually, this could be very interesting. Bind your WASD to the thumbstick for your movement. Moving the mouse around for 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 your actual looking around. This actually could be interesting. I don't know if I'm going to get it. Mostly because I just got a new mouse. But I am curious to see what others have to say about this concept. This could be something that catches on. I am intrigued. I'm curious if you are intrigued as well. Speaking of being intrigued, EEC has had listings pop up. For the Radeon RX 5800, the RX 5950, and the RX 5950 XT. Big Navi is coming. Why does that matter? What were the words I just said? To actually quite a few few of you, this might have just sounded like complete gibberish. So these model numbers correspond with new graphic cards that AMD is going to be launching. Currently right now, there is the 5500, the 5600, and the 5700. Those are the three current Navi GPUs, and they are, you know, at the mainstream price point. But if you are an enthusiast crazy person like myself... You are hoping for the higher end to get hit. Because right now, the the RTX 2070, 2080, and 2080 Ti sit unchallenged. And those cards are expensive. 
like I personally, and granted it's, you know, a long-term goal, and probably by the time I'm around to actually being able to afford one of those cards, it's going to be replaced by something else. If you are, say, a PC gamer and you want content to be able to show off, you're looking at the RTX 2070. You're looking at the 2080. You're looking at the 2080i. But they range from five to eleven hundred dollars in cost. Well, what if the AMD cards, these fifty eight hundreds, the fifty nine fifty, and the fifty nine fifty XT, can compete with the high end of Nvidia at a lower price point? That could then force those ray tracing cards to be cheaper. That also being said, NVIDIA could very well have the next generation of GPUs coming out. And I would say like the RTX 2100 series, but I mean... You think Valve doesn't know how to count? NVIDIA has clue how numbers work heck no one has any ideas how numbers work we have nvidia going from the 10 series to the 16 and 20 series which are the same series of cards we we have freaking windows going from 7 to 8 to 10 we have apple going from 7 to 8 to 10 we have samsung going from 8 to 9 to 10 to 20 We have freaking AMD here going from, what is it, the 500 to the 5000 series? No one knows how to count. Yeah, it's like, whose line is it anyway? Chat's right. Whose line is it anyway? Where the points don't matter and no one can count. Oh, I'm sorry, where everything's made up and the numbers don't matter. Pretty much. You know what else also might not matter? The new macOS beta. Here's the weird thing that was found in a new macOS beta. A feature called Pro Mode. What is pro mode? Well, let me tell you a dirty little secret about Apple that has only recently come out ever since, well, Apple botched their firmware. So Macs run hot, and I do mean hot. Normally what a computer will do or a laptop will do is that at around 90 degrees Celsius, the computer will just push itself until it's at 90 degrees Celsius. And then it will do what's called thermal throttle itself. It will pull back on the clocks and the performance to cool itself. Because once you hit about 105, 110 degrees Celsius, it starts actually causing 
physical harm to the computer. And that same harm can occur even before then. It also might not hurt the computer at all, and it could go even much hotter before that problem happens. But 90 degrees Celsius is about what every single PC will push itself to either on the CPU or the GPU, and then it'll start to pull itself back. Max don't. Max will push itself to 99 degrees Celsius and then keep itself at 99 degrees Celsius. And it will never ramp up the fans to cool itself. A PC will. It will keep its fans quiet. This is why Macs are considered so much, quote-unquote, better. Because it will thermal throttle itself and keep its performance down rather than ramp the fans up. A normal performance laptop, you will hear it take off like a jet engine. Heck, my freaking Dell Precision laptop, that's a mobile workstation class laptop, you push that thing, and it'll sound like it's taking off. Mac fans intentionally don't push themselves. They will only kick on when they absolutely have to. But because of this, Macs normally don't even reach their base clock. So like a MacBook Pro will advertise, um, actually their advertising is really bad because they will claim that their CPU will go all the way up to 3.7 gigahertz. That up to 3.7 gigahertz is the boost clock speed. The base clock speed is 2.7 gigahertz. And you know what's even better? The laptop will never hit that! It downclocks itself below the base clock. You will most likely see 2.5. Which makes the entire clock speed thing a lie. And Apple was exposed on this about two years ago. So... With all that background, what is pro mode? <laughs> you want to know what pro mode is? Pro mode makes the Mac behave like a PC when it comes to cooling. Let that sink in. <laughs> what it'll do is instead it'll treat 90 Celsius as the point where it should kick the fans on, which lets the freaking machine actually achieve bass and a bit of turbo normally. It's basically performance mode at the cost of, you know, hearing the fans.
That being said, this is a good thing. It is good to actually give people who are forced in the Mac ecosystem for one way or another the ability to let a computer behave like an actual computer is supposed to! What a freaking concept! Uh... So expect this to actually be a huge feature. And I want to stress this. A huge feature at WWDC. But you will know that this feature, that all your Mac fanboys and fangirls are just going to ooze over, just going, <gasps> Mac will let us get a pro mode. We can just, with a flick of a switch, get additional performance and you PC Plebs don't get anything of the sort. When you hear that, how Apple invented performance mode, you'll know here, five months before Apple goes on stage and touts it as something they invented, as something that PCs have had since, oh yeah, Since 2009, when it was first introduced, oddly enough, on my HP Z800. But you know, Apple clearly invented it. (laughs) You know what else, uh, you know what else Apple invented? Uh, switching all cables over to USB Type-C because Europe might force them to do it. That's kind of awkward, isn't it? So, rumors have been strong recently about Apple dropping the lightning connector. The lightning connector being the proprietary charging cable... That is used on all portable Apple devices that are not laptops. And there's been rumors that Apple might switch to USB Type-C. Now there's rumors that the port might be dropped altogether and you can only use wireless charging. Well, European lawmakers are considering forcing all phone manufacturers to use USB Type-C. Which, on paper, sounds fine, right? Like, let's be honest. Let's be honest, listeners. It sounds like a good thing. One port to use them all, to rule them all. All I gotta do is have, say, my anchor battery and a USB cable, and we're all set, right? Right? There's a problem. And I don't think the European lawmakers are considering this. And this actually makes this a problem. Do you know how many different implementations of USB Type-C there are? Tons. There is USB-C 2. 
there is USB-C 3. There is USB-C 3.1. There is Thunderbolt. There is also versions that that only handle certain wattages. There is also the, the kind of proprietary muxing one that uh, Nintendo put on their Switch. So on paper, it sounds, oh, hey, great. We got USB Type-C, and I can just get my cable. I have battery packs that refuse to charge my Switch. Just straight up. Heck, I have chargers that are USB Type-C that my phone rejects because there is something funky going on with that USB-C port. Not on the phone, but on the charger itself. Like, this sounds good on paper, but I guarantee you, this is going to backfire. Because there's all sorts of funky nonsense you can do that makes this awful. And I guarantee you, if Apple does put USB Type-C on their phones and tablets, which they're already starting to do, there is going to be some funkiness going on there. And it will not behave the way you expect it to. Because you can get away with that. In other news, over at Google, Google wants to bring Steam to Chrome OS. You remember Chrome OS, right? That operating system that makes you hate hate everything? Because Chrome OS is not a real operating system. It's a web browser disguised as an operating system. Yeah, that, the thing that only has use inside schools and to give to to your little son, daughter, niece, or, or whoever that's not mature enough to not do terrible things to your Windows PC. Yeah, let's bring Steam to that. What could possibly go wrong? Actually, better question. What could possibly go right? What's the most powerful Steam or freaking Chrome OS machine? Like the overwhelming majority of Steam Steam machines of Chrome OS machines run freaking Atoms or Celerons. Some of the higher end runs may run an i3 or an i5, but they're all ultra low voltage ones. There's no gaming capability behind any Chromebook. And now, those of you who are the die-hard freaking... Those of you who are are the crazy, outlandish Chrome OS lovers are going to go, well, that just means we'll be able to shell out more money for a Chrome OS, for a better Chromebook. Please... Whatever you do, do not, under any circumstances, spend $2,000 on a Chrome OS machine. That might be the dumbest thing you could possibly spend money on. Look, Chromebooks have their place. 
I will still argue that for what a Chromebook could do, I can still find a cheaper and better Windows solution on the used market than a, than a new Chromebook would. I guarantee it. I still believe that. But let's pretend for a second you want the simplicity of Chrome OS for whatever reason. And I get it. It is hard to brick a Chrome OS machine. There is so little maintenance needed on a Chrome OS machine. I get the appeal. But what are you realistically going to play on Steam on such a low-powered device? The best advice, the best example I've gotten out of the chat is Stardew. Which, by the way, might in fact be the best and only example. Because the thing is, is that you're only going to be able to play indie titles. No matter how hard you try. The other thing to consider is that Chrome OS is based on Linux. So only Steam games that work on Linux will work on the Chrome OS box. So in the case of Stardew, Is it supported on Linux? Because if it's not, you can still theoretically get it working. But now, all of a sudden, the convenience of having that Chrome OS system is gone as you now brute force wine into your Chrome OS to emulate Windows on your Chrome OS to then run Steam and then just, oh, God. What are you doing? This just seems like something that should have never been done. And again, if you really want cheap systems to run indie games, go to eBay. Grab a Dell Latitude. Grab a ThinkPad. Grab a HP Elite Book. You can find them for a couple hundred dollars, install Windows, you're done. Heck, if you hunt down enough, you'll be able to find, say, a Latitude or an Elite Book with an, with an NVIDIA NVS card, and you'll have discrete graphics to boot. To me, that is always a better solution than a Chromebook. Every time. The only reason to go for a Chromebook is to have zero OS maintenance. And it's not like Chrome OS is getting better. We have a final timeline now for eliminating all Chrome apps. So the current Chrome app situation, well, we're now seeing them go away. 
June 2022. That's it. Done. The Chrome apps in general will be gone. I'm sorry, like, the Chrome OS is still seeming less and less attractive. As it just... It, the the problem with it is that it's losing functionality rather than gaining it. We're gaining Steam, possibly. But all the Chrome apps, gone. Literally just becoming a browser. We're going to take a break here when we come back. Things you never wanted, like laptops with more screens than ever and Ninja getting his own skin. Today, I'm taking it to the streets to give people the good news. Oh, excuse me. Hello. I'm Flo from Progressive. And did you know... No, I'm just waiting for the bus. So then you have time to hear about how with HomeQuote Explorer, you can check if you're paying too much for home insurance. Yeah, if I was interested in talking to you, which I'm not. Okay, I'll do the talking and you just check if you can be saving, which is going to be pretty hard to do if you... Put on your headphones. Okay. See if you're paying too much for home insurance with HomeQuote Explorer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Deck. I'm Eagle Falcon. Alright, so during the break while I was live, um... A couple other points were brought up about uh, about the Chromebook because this is one where chat. This is one of the, this is one of the things where the live chat on Twitch is against me with Chromebooks because the biggest argument always is it's great for the education department. To which there's something to be said for that. Almost no software maintenance. It is very difficult. For any sort of kid to try and mess with a Chromebook because it's so locked down. That being said, introducing Steam to that ruins that. The other thing that was brought up was that, yeah, the uh, the Chrome App Store is going away, but the Google Play Store is coming in instead. And yeah, I did completely forget about the Google Play Store. That is now on Chrome OS. So there is that. There is more functionality there. At the same time, though, it still doesn't compare with just getting a used laptop. I'm sorry. I might just be more. I, I, I just be. I mean, granted. I used to be a computer refurbisher to a degree. I still am just not commercially. Of just getting older tech like that and refurbishing them. Say bringing new life into what used to be the top tier stuff of, of. Three, four years ago. And to me, that is 
always a better option than going out and getting a brand new machine. Not just from the prospect of saying, hey, rather than using something that consumes more resources, I'm breathing new life into what would have been actual garbage that is now usable. But also just doing it that way still gives you more use, even when Chrome gets Steam. Assuming the report is correct, you can just install Windows. And then any of the ifs that I just mentioned no longer apply. And with the article I just said earlier about saying, hey, you can just drop in a Windows 7 license and activate Windows 10 with the Windows 7 license, all the better. Tons of business laptops never had Windows 8. So, hey, you have a Windows 7 license. Drop it in. Bam. Done. Yeah, it does require you to know how to install an operating system. Yeah, doing what I just said does require more knowledge than just going out and getting a a Chromebook. But in the end, you save money and have a better solution in the end. That is where I stand on that. And when push comes to shove, no matter how I look at it, no matter how much, and believe me, I'm not going out here on a mission to just bash Chrome OS. I do try to see it from both si- from both sides, even though it doesn't sound like it. The reason it sounds like I'm not is because no matter how much I try to look at it from the Chrome OS point of view, I know there is a better way. Period. Just like I normally look at from both sides when it comes to Apple. It's just very hard nowadays to defend what Apple does. And no matter how you look at how Apple's been conducting themselves, there is a better way. Every time. The only reason you get Apple right now is because you have to. All right. Now that we're now that I've gotten that off my chest, now that I've said my piece, let's actually move on. Ninja has a skin in Fortnite. There, it's been talked about. I stopped caring. Moving on. Square Enix has delayed Final Fantasy VII Remake. The FF7 Remake is quite possibly the biggest production that Square Enix has right now. Some would argue the Avengers, by the way, that is also being delayed. I'm not sure when. Actually, it probably says down here, but I almost care less about the about the Avengers re- remake. But Final Fantasy VII remake is being delayed from March 3rd, 2020 to April 10th, 2020. The Avengers game is being delayed from May to September. Oh, hey, look right there. And it is all said to add additional polish to the game. There is a quote that has been spreading around Twitter because of these for a while. A delayed game will be good eventually, whereas a rush game will always be bad. 
I don't recall who it was that said it. I believe it was someone from Nintendo. And I apologize for not remembering who said it off the top of my head. Please, chat, help me. Miyamoto, thank you. But there is a lot to say about that, isn't it? Because it's true. Look at No Man's Sky. Even though just about everyone in the gaming community knows No Man's Sky was patched to a point where it is a pretty good game, it is still remembered as a completely abysmal failure. Because it was delayed and then launched broken. So, go ahead and delay it. But make sure what you launch, even though you can patch it later to be good, make sure what launches is still great. By the way, chat thought that I forgot about Cyberpunk 2077. Joke's on you. I didn't. Cyberpunk 2077 was also delayed by six months, in fact. We are not seeing Cyberpunk 2077 until September 2020. Dang. Oh, by the way, you know what I love? Kotaku, which is the source I I actually pulled up for my notes... On this, their headline was just for Final Fantasy VII is the FF7 remake and Avengers have been delayed. When it comes to Cyberpunk 2077, their headline is video games delay cause more crunch. Okay, Kotaku, you, you have fun with that. Chat wants to know if uh, Cyberpunk 2077 will be ready by 2077. I guarantee you Cyberpunk 2077 will be out before the year 2077. Yeah, and then Kotaku wonders why no one takes them seriously. Oh, I have a duplicate article in here. Whoops. All right, let's shift gears radically. BT, BT, which is a ISP in the UK, is one of the first ISPs, at least in the UK, to make a very interesting bundle. I'm assuming BT stands for, like, British Telecom or something like that. But I digress. I have no idea what BT stands for. But they are willing to offer their super-fast broadband 2, which is 67 megabits per second, or their ultra-fast Fiber 100, which is 100 megabits per second, or ultra-fast Fiber 250, 250 megabits per second, and package in Google Stadia. I don't know. I don't know what this means in in the grand scheme of things. Is this more? Google being desperate for trying to get people to use Stadia in the UK? Is this BT over here getting um, desperate to to sell some of their subscriptions? Or just like, hey, gamers, you should try this out. Is this just like a free promo thing deal 
thrown in there. Like, no matter how I look at it, it just reeks of being desperate. But maybe that's just because Google Stadia is flopping so utterly, terribly here in the States. Chat actually did confirm that uh, my prediction, which is basically what it was, just me guessing was correct. BT does, in fact, stand for British Telecom. Not going to lie, did not know there was a British Telecom. I just assumed. All right, let's shift gears radically and talk about what may be my favorite laptop design ever, regardless of the fact that this is stupid. Expandscape has revealed, and unfortunately they didn't have this ready to show off at CES, a laptop they are calling the Aurora 7. A laptop with not one, not two, not three, not four, but seven! Seven screens! (laughs) I kid you not! This ridiculous laptop, which is about the thickness of a briefcase, you open it up and you have one screen. You pull on the top and another screen pops out of the top of that. It then has two screens that then unfold from the inside to be portrait screens next to the two landscapes and then two smaller landscape monitors pop out of the two side screens oh and for bonus points there is another screen built into the palm rest four of the screens are 17 inch 17.3 inch and they are 4k screens the two screens that pop out of the portrait 17-inch screens on the side are 7-inch, and the one in the palm rest is also a 7-inch. The 17-inch screens are all 4K panels, and the three 7-inch screens are 1920 by 1200. Battery life is not said. I would assume that the battery life is going to be, like, peanuts. There is no official word. The reporter from Lily Pudding, which is where I got this, Lily Putting, I should say, not pudding. Let me make sure I emphasize that T. Speculates that the battery life will be measured in minutes, not hours, but they didn't say. They just wanted to show off the fact that they have this laptop that looks like it came straight out of a sci fi set. I mean, this is just ridiculous. It is absolutely stupid, ridiculous, nonsensical. No one needs this many screens on a laptop. I want one, by the way. I I, I want one. <laughs> this is so dumb. <laughs> no matter how I look at this thing, it is so freaking dumb. Uh, there is also the Teeny Serve Duo, which is a smaller phone-like device 
roughly the thickness of four smartphones, but it does unfold to have two screens and a full QWERTY keyboard. This one also runs a Core i7 processor in it and 64 gigs of RAM. Running two 7-inch displays. That actually comes out to be a pretty big device. Like a really long tablet. Still absolutely ridiculous. Elon Musk is planning on, well, not really planning, but he teases the concept of talking, talking, talking Tesla cars. The thought process is for the car to say things like, Please move out of the way and things like that as it drives by and it detects that there's obstacles in the way. I cannot wait for a future with a Tesla car driving up to a traffic cone and then asking the traffic cone to please move out of its way and then being stuck there until the battery dies. You know it's going to (laughs) happen. You know that's what's going to happen. All right. We have here, on a completely different note, the Nanox Arc, which is a new revolutionary X-ray. What's really fascinating about this new x-ray, though, is the fact that the sheer volume is drastically less than most other x-ray machines. It actually looks a lot like an MRI, except the actual ring that has the MRI reading devices is much, much, much smaller. It actually looks like just a bed that sits inside a ring. This thing actually does look really cool. Like it's straight out of Star Trek. That being said though, it's going to be a while before we see see this in here. As a note for the podcast listeners, Twitch chat is currently trying to figure out how close we are for Tesla's to just become Kit from Knight Rider. The correct answer is, I don't know. But that does sound pretty cool. That brings us, though, to the last verb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the day. A team from the University of Vermont has built living robots. Living robots. So what this means is that by using, and this this doesn't sound all that interesting until you start piecing two and two together. A computer is able to engineer a robot and 
create it using stem cells from frogs and then program these organic robots for a specific function and then carry it out until the robot dies. Because these robots, of course, have no ability to, at this time, eat anything and create nutrients for itself to sustain itself, it will be created, perform one function, whatever that function is, until it eventually dies. It has no ability to reproduce itself in any way, shape, or form, and... Yeah, literally, computer can create life. The thought process of this is to make these sort of things that can create toxic wastes, or not create, but clean up toxic waste dumps to be able to be injected into a human and, say, clean out their arteries, arteries of plaque and anything of that sort of nature. These these organic robots are, of course, microscopic and used for that sort of function. Ladies and gentlemen, this is yet another bit of evidence that we might actually be in the future, whether you like it or not. That is going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you for listening. I thought this was going to be just a normal one-hour episode. We went a little long, but that's okay. Feel free to give a follow to this podcast and also to check out the daily podcast, The Early Burb Briefing, which you can find wherever you found this podcast. And also make sure to check out my Twitch page at twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon. Take care, and I hope you enjoy your day. Bye-bye! So how far are we to actually getting one of these robots to just do my job for me? Because I'm not going to lie. I am getting so sick of looking at tickets, writing down numbers, and entering them into QuickBooks. Also on that same note, QuickBooks might be the worst software in existence. Whoever coded this stuff clearly did not make it for humans. It was clearly made for these frog human robot things. Jeez! So annoying! Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now, so let us tell you something you do want to hear. No one is funnier than you. People laugh just thinking about the things you've said. I'm laughing at one of them right now. Coworkers repeat your jokes at the office, but they're never as good as when you tell them, and shame on them for trying. There. 
Don't you feel better? You'll also feel better knowing you could save when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. <laughs> Although I'm sure you'd have a funnier way to say that. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Is QuickBooks slowing your business down? Do you have challenges managing inventory, project profitability, or just getting paid fast enough? Get your business to a better place and graduate to NetSuite today. Stop paying for multiple systems that don't give you the information you need when you need it. Ditch the spreadsheets and all the old software you've outgrown. Now is the time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need, all in one place, instantaneously. Whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in revenue, save time and money with NetSuite. Join the over 24,000 companies using NetSuite right now. Let NetSuite show you how they'll benefit your business with a free product tour at netsuite.com slash info. Schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com slash info, netsuite.com slash info.